Hello and welcome to the Hall of Fame Movie Podcast. Listen to Matt Levy and Mark Rossi as they put their cinema studies degrees to good use and induct the best movies of all time into their own Hall of Fame. With no further ado, roll the camera. Hey guys, how's it going? Hey Mark, how we how we doing today? I'm feeling I'm feeling fresh and I'm feeling ready to go and I'm raring to go. Excellent, excellent. And we have our special guest, Bill, who Bill, you've been recently vaccinated. How are we doing? I'm I'm half the way there and I'm feeling great. I am so excited to be back because let's just say the impossible has happened. <laughs> let's just say the impossible has happened. That might be the last thing we agree upon this <laughs> entire podcast, but I do agree that the impossible has happened. So <laughs> what we plan on talking about, and this is going to be a special, hopefully not four hour long episode, that <laughs> we would like to talk about the latest Zack Snyder Justice League, or as it's, people are calling it, the Snyder Cut of the 2000, was it 2017? What was the original release date? Yeah, 2017. Yeah, 2017, originally, it was a Snyder film, infamously, famously, Joe Sweden took over uh, after the tragic events of in Snyder's life. And Snyder, through miracles of internet and people crying all over the world, he got to recut his movie with $70 million budget, which if you add it to the 200 plus million to the original budget, we're talking the biggest budget of all time. It broke records. So Snyder got his chance. We finally, after years and years, it's a miracle. Here we are. We've seen it. It's been out now for a couple weeks. And we thought we'd come back after dissecting the MCU. Let's talk about the four hour People thought this would never, it never existed. People thought it would never see the light of day. And here we are with a four by three open format IMAX Zack Snyder cut. And I think what we'll do, guys, is we'll start with initial thoughts and then we'll just jump right in. So, Bill, I know you're raring to go. Let's get your initial thoughts. You know, I, I've been, I was on record as saying if there's one scene, in this movie that's cool i'm on board and for me personally there ended up being a whole lot of scenes that were very very cool i know superheroes are made for kids i, I you know they teach like you know life stories and lessons and stuff but i felt like this was a superhero movie for grown-ups it, it, it's a superhero movie that it took them seriously i know he the way he shoots portrays them as larger than life like it, he shows that they're gods on earth like you know in in the very historical sense of the word this would be or the contemporary or modern version rather of like the, you know, the Greek myths, like seeing them fight on screen. You know, he had, I think it's tough to, I would say fairly rate this movie because we got to see some of it already. I, I was kind of very impressed by how much uh, was completely new and even stuff that I didn't think was going to need to be new was new where it was just better takes, like absolutely better takes on just, even throwaway, not, well, there's nothing really throw. It's a four hour movie, I guess, but like even just conversations, you know, if we want, we could sit here and have fun picking apart the slow mo. I, I know that the, oh, we will, yeah, <laughs> the, you know, the big, the uh, there the, will be the, blood. The, the most, uh, the, the, the biggest one to me is uh, someone pointing out that Lois putting down a cup of coffee is in the same speed as Flash reversing time itself, and I know it's for stylistic purposes. I did say 
<laughs> I did say to Matt uh, after what, like it, it, I was exhausted and not because of the length. It really, to me, it did not feel the four hours. I, maybe by the end of this, the nightmare sequence at the end is when I was kind of like, uh, all right, we can wrap this up. But so Bill, it, you I had would, the same. Would you say you were, Sorry. Yeah. would you say you were satisfied and do you think it was as good as you thought it could be? Or do you think it's better than you thought it was going to be as far as your expectations. Uh, I was extremely satisfied and I think it was as good as I hoped it would be. It wasn't, it wasn't better. It was, it was what I imagined it would be with the extra, with the extra time. Sure. You know, and knowing like it's the George R. R. Martin thing. His last game of Thrones book is going to be killer because he knows what people don't want. Sure. I'm not saying Snyder did that. Snyder had this movie filmed already. I just, I mean, we could get into more stuff. Yeah, we'll get into more. Yeah. Mark, your initial thoughts? Did you think it was as good as you thought it was going to be? Did you think it was worse than you thought it was going to be? Did this you? Is, this is where it's <laughs> going to get interesting because it's going to make it seem like I have a very different review of this movie than I actually have. However, it greatly exceeded my expectations, although admittedly, my <laughs> expectations were so low that they could have been in Hades itself. So it really did exceed my expectations. You had talked about it on the on our previous pod, Bill, about if there's like one scene that it would pay off for you. I thought there were multiple scenes and storylines and character arcs that worked really well in the Snyder Cut. However, um, it's it's so damn long. Like it it's it's really long it's very obvious that Zack snyder loves Zack snyder uh he's a big fan of Zack snyder's work and he wants to make sure that his full vision is realized even if literally 10 percent of the movie is in slow motion but i i thought it worked a lot better than joss whedon's cut for sure there were like it was criminal what they did to cyborg's character arc because he's so central to making this movie work. It's the reason why, from a narrative standpoint, it makes so much more sense. The Flash also got like a much better part in this because he's so pivotal to that final battle working much better. Like it, the battles in in the Snyder Cut work so much better than the battles in the original Justice League because they have the proper context. But it's impossible for it not to have context, I guess, with four hours of time to work with. However, initial thoughts, much better than I expected it to be. However, still somehow it's not a good movie. Okay. So I will take a probably in between where you guys both sit, but I will agree with Mark. I am not, I have not been a giant Zack Snyder supporter. I think he can make an excellent trailer. I think some of his visual effects and I think some of his camera work is some of the best. I think he can film an excellent action scene, but I think sometimes narratively his movies fall apart. This movie probably sits at the top of the Zack Snyder hierarchy for me. And it did blow away my expectations because I had, I did not think it could be that much better than the Joe Sweden version. And I think Bill said it that you get some of the same exact scenes that you saw before, but because they feel slightly different, they're sometimes they're just a hit better. They're more effective, but you feel like it's 80% of the exact same story, but told slightly differently. 
And we'll dive more into it. Obviously, we'll have a lot more to say as we get into this. The thing that I just off the cuff want to say is that you can't compare this to an MCU movie. I feel like it's unfair because it's stylistically and the tone, it's so different. They're not trying to achieve the same thing. MCU to me, and this is not a knock in the MCU, I'm a huge supporter of it. I feel like they've replaced the rush hours and the action movies and action comedies that were huge in the 90s. And I feel like now superhero movies have sort of taken that burden and made them fun. Unique stories from the comics that are translated to film, but now there's a lot of action with one-liners and comedy, and it works. I feel like DC here is going for something very different, and people that hate this and people that can't get on board with this, I think they're looking for an MCU-style Justice League movie like Avengers was, and this is not that. And I think- yeah. uh, In fairness though, like, I think they were kind of shooting for that. Like, I think the, the Warner Brothers were shooting for that. Even and even the Warner and the Warner sister dot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very good. <laughs> but I do think the way that Snyder was structuring it, he was structuring it for you know multiple Justice League movies, right? And this movie very much felt like three Avengers movies kind of squeezed into one. Like the the goal was basically the same. Be like, this is going to be our Avengers. We have our Thanos. This is the big bad. We're going to show you all the things, but we stuffed it into one movie and we need to like get the, all this home. So like I, it, it shouldn't be judged on the same scale because the MCU did it over like 20 plus movies. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, that's just how DC does things. Like they just want to get to the finish line. They're like, we can do it. We can do it in a movie. We don't need to take 20 to get there. We'll just do it in four. So it's it's kind of hard to, to like separate that. So I feel like we're going to be jumping back and forth. We're going to come yeah. into open forum here. Let's say, let's start with kind of things. What worked for us? Let's make an open forum. What things sure. did we really like about this? And then we will go into things that we feel didn't work. I really, really enjoyed the visual storytelling. There were several times where out loud while watching it, I actually was a gas. I was like, wow. I mean, obviously I'm looking at something CG, but I was like, that is beautiful. Like it just I don't want to say comic book come to life because as we talked previously, that's Sin City in my mind when someone says that. But it was just stunning. Like absolutely stunning in some in some spots. You know, I thought I wasn't gonna like Steppenwolf's redesign because on a still it's like, nah. It, it it worked. I love that it was like a living armor that moved with him. The Wonder Woman opening was better than Wonder Woman 84. Like, legit captured Wonder Woman better than an entire Wonder Woman movie. Until she destroyed the priceless museum that she swore to protect. Listen, we're not going to go into that part, though. (laughs) Uh, I just, you know, it was great. It had a lot of moments where, you know, Bruce Wayne is, like, likable by the end of it. And not in, like, a cheesy, quippy, one-liney way. You're like, oh, this is like a... It's guy. It's kind of funny how in Batman vs Superman, Batman's Batman, Superman, Superman. In this, you feel like Batman is more like Superman. He's this hopeful. Yeah. He believes in things. He's not offered like I believe. Yeah, yep. Superman's like this brute. When he comes back, he's this brooding, darker character. So it's kind of mm-hmm. interesting that they're not the characters we know them to be. You're being very generous with with <laughs> that characterization of it. I I agree completely that it, Batman feels like Superman and Superman feels like Batman. 
in this movie and that's not by accident i don't think i think Zack I, no Snyder i think it's purposeful have yeah i don't think he has a he just doesn't have that full grasp on the two biggest characters in the in the film like he's he's never really seemed to me to like found the pocket on superman like he always wanted superman to be like more brooding and dark it seems like he wants to do like the injustice storylines like oh i need superman to be bad but like making batman be so hopeful it's like no that's weird he's not this isn't him you're you're making him superman and this feels weird that felt odd to me but we're talking about the things that work <laughs> mark, that mark work. i feel like you're gonna have trouble in this segment finding things <laughs> no, that you think work no if here's the funniest part is i don't i don't have trouble finding things that work because there are a lot of good things i think but so then, too. to me Zack snyder gets in his own way too much because he does so many things well and then it'll just be like the one thing that he that he just doesn't do right and like oh you ruined it like okay, you're so doing so good maybe maybe a more constructive use at the top why don't we get out all the stuff that didn't work for us because i feel like it's going to be tough for us not to want to dip into that you know right, time right. right. I'll, so I'll, I'll be able to i'll be able to do compliments and and, and smack them around at the same time don't worry guys <laughs> all right, um, you know i was i wasn't saying that as like a attack or anything i just I think no, i forgot I, which I'm i forgot which one of you said it but i feel like this movie had the privilege of coming out four years after the weed and cut and we've now seen aquaman we've seen other stories so you're more invested right. in these characters and i feel like right. also this this movie would not exist in theaters we would not get this amazing four-hour version so again we're privileged that there is an hbo max version where we can get this because even if snyder stayed on to finish his film how long would it have been how long would warner brothers have let him keep his film two right. and a half hours two hours and ten minutes and then we might right. have lost some of the I think coherent and consistent feel that the Whedon film felt all over the place. The Joe Whedon film right. is so all over the place. You watch the movie and you feel like it's three different movies. This right. at least you can have your complaints, but I feel like tonistically it is coherent and is consistent. I feel like throughout, well, some scenes are long. Some scenes maybe you don't need. I mean, I didn't need the scene where Alfred's complaining about how Diana makes the tea, how Wonder Woman <laughs> makes the tea. Or the slow motion of the coffee cup. So there are some silly things, but that's in the, the uh, fishing village singing. Yes. Yeah, and, or, the, or the woman like picking up the sweater and weird. smelling it when she's like smelling the sweater. Yeah. yeah and I also like... thought about like the cost. Every time he throws a, a shirt away, like, does he have like extra clothes he keeps somewhere? <laughs> Aquaman? Like, yeah. yeah. But I think a lot of things work really well. You, I think I Bill, I don't know if Bill said about Steppenwolf, the, the costume. But I think the character works so much. But I thought he was an awful, awful, like bottom tier villain in Justice League, the original Whedon. I don't, I don't know how we'll say it. We'll say Whedon versus Snyder. In the yeah. Whedon version, he's a throwaway villain. And he's supposed to be like yep. go against the five, six best DC characters. Best in quotes. Where's Green Lantern? <laughs> but but here, Steppenwolf is a character who has some story. You see what he's doing with Dark Side, which we haven't really talked about. Dark Side, I thought it was Dark Seed for the longest time. It felt so stupid. Uh, <laughs> did so you did yep, Yeah, years. Yeah, me too. But I thought the Steppenwolf that we see here, there's not that he's a sympathetic character, but you get some backstory on the guy. You get some understanding and motivation yep. for him. And I think someone else said it about Cyborg too, that you get so much more invested in his character, Flash's character, and right. that gives depth to and the meaning to these people that you're meeting, because we hadn't met Cyborg before this. We hadn't met Flash before this. So if you didn't right. get those a little more depth to those characters, they mean crap to you. They mean nothing. 
Right. Yeah. It feels like it ties in like tonally better with the DCE extended universe that had already been put in play. So having him kind of come in and be able to fully realize the, the vision that they started with man of steel and then Batman V Superman. I, 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 I honestly think it's, it's really great that you get to see that kind of fully realized and it, it matches the tone much better. It feels better. It ties in better. The problem I think always with this movie is that you're introducing half of your team in the movie. Like, People can say what they want to about Marvel and, and, and how it's run. But by the time you got to Avengers, you had time with each of the characters for the most part, and you had an emotional connection to the characters. You're being introduced to literally half the team in this movie, and they're like, oh, care about these characters. I'm like, why? Well, let's, let's, let me throw a you. question at you. Let's say this four-hour movie came out in 2017 before we saw Aquaman. Do, mm -hmm. do those things hit as well for you? Right, that's the problem. I, and that's I a question. Don't, I don't know. I don't know. If, I I don't don't, know. It's hard to know. It's it, yeah. the the you can't put. It's like a Pandora's box thing. Yeah, like they already open. You can't unknow it. The the things that work really well in this movie again to, for me were Cyborg and the way that they built the relationship with him and the Flash, so that that final encounter hits emotionally. You're like, oh, I feel it, and that means something because there hasn't since been a cyborg or flash movie so we didn't have that context so all you have is this movie but i think they would have been better served just making the cyborg and flash movies prior to justice league because i think you could have really had this like as a, a pretty like a leaner two and a half hour movie 240 where you could have gotten all the good things together without having it need to be four hours because you need to have the context I, of those characters. I thought about that. I just don't know what... There's some small things you could cut, but you're talking about an hour plus? I don't know what you could have cut from this movie. Right, you have to cut out... If you cut out most of the cyborg and put that into a cyborg It's not as good a movie then. It, yeah. Right. So that's where it's tough but, to kind of cut it around. And also, would people have seen it? Like, remember when Endgame came in and people like, it's long, it's really long. And you're at the end of like a 25 plus, you know, movie journey at that point. When you're not as invested in with just time that you've spent with the characters, would people have wanted to see like a three hour even like Justice League in droves? It's hard to say, but it again it's it's just amazing to me uh you know we've we've talked about how joss whedon is really like a piece of garbage uh in retrospect he really shafted like yeah. the character of cyborg and then the film itself because that storyline is so good like the scenes with his father the everything about like some of the best himself. parts of the movie right and yep. he's so he's so integral to the plot and the plan like they have an actual plan in this movie all right it's not like well we're just winging it just save one person at a time they're like no no you need to like get into the mother box because you have this power and we understand that you have this power cyborg we took time to explain it he's yeah. almost the lead i mean his his character yeah, story and so without that I feel like that all that stuff didn't land in the 2017 right. movie. It just, it felt like it was a dud. It fell flat. Yeah. I was, I was curious. I had said to, um, uh, I was talking to Matt about this, had this movie, this version come out in 2017. What does infinity war and Endgame look like? Cause this is essentially part of that plot. Right. You know, this is, I mean, 
for my money, I like the time travel in this a lot. I, I, I think it's, it was a cool thing that they discussed. And I don't know. I, again, DC boy, I, I really liked, it was so different for me. And I guess maybe it was that breath of fresh air that I was like, wow, the cursing I didn't need. And I know I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a prude if you will, but I don't know. There's just, if, if, if a curse fits, that's fine. The cyborg one was kind of forced. <laughs> it was like, mm-hmm. well, I don't know. The Batman one was really forced. I think I know which one you're talking at about. The, at the end. And also oh, the, yeah. the, the Joker line was a little rough. The Night. Joker line. The, yeah. The that Joker really, with the reach the, That really pulled me out of the movie. And yeah. at that point, it wasn't really, it was an epilogue. So it didn't really matter. It, it was not part of the main story. But you don't want to be taken out of the world you're in. Mm-hmm. And that line, it felt out of character. It felt out of the world. And it, it, didn't, it didn't seem important or necessary. Like people right. say like, same thing about nudity or cursing. Sometimes it was forced. It doesn't feel natural to the story, important. You feel like, oh, this is just embellishing this just to, just to the point of it. And yeah. I have no problem reach around jokes. I mean, I, 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 I'm a big fan of reach around jokes. They're great jokes. <laughs> but in this context, at this moment, just, it yeah. just it didn't land and it felt really stupid and even batman's reaction which i feel like the, again he probably had limited footage and didn't know what to do there but how about the scene after that yeah. which felt a little more forced was the batman martian manhunter scene you mean you oh, mean yeah. the, you mean the batman green lantern scene as athletic filmed it and then <laughs> found yeah out it was green yeah lantern and it's later? it's the skinny batman scene there too because he's yeah. noticeably not jacked well, you know, the, the battle took a lot out of him, literally. <laughs> well, it doesn't say how much how much later it is after that. It doesn't. Right. You're right. No, it, could it doesn't. Be, could be but two again, years for a while. The battle literally took a lot out of him. Yeah. Also, also, in the first part of the epilogue, it shows him defeating the mutants. So, you know, when he's on top of the tank, you guys know that, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That is legit Dark Knight Returns. Like, yep, totally. So right. he's he's old and he's small now. Yeah, I love the costume, yeah. too. The... Uh, the thing I think, and we just kind of tapped into Martian Manhunter. The thing that I think actually worked in the Whedon cut is kind of ruined in this movie. Like you have that great scene where Martha visits Lois and, and does like the, the call to arms. Like you have to kind of go on living. He wants you to go on living. And then he's like, gotcha. It's, 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 yeah. it's the Martian Manhunter. And I'll tell you from, from talking to people that aren't, huge comic book fans that completely took them out of the movie they're like who the fuck is this fair like it and it cheapens that entire scene like that scene was was actually um worked on an emotional level yep and to have that reveal just cheapens it and then on top of that to make it worse for people that aren't deep into the comics just average moviegoers you also want to take into like into account it took them out of the movie because there's no explanation for it. They're like, yeah. "Who? What the fuck is this green thing?" Right. There was no context to it. Yeah. yeah the, no, not the, at all. The only scene I genuinely missed from the Whedon cut wasn't even in the, the movie itself. Was the after credits where Flash and Superman are racing? Because that's oh, like yeah. a callback. It that happens in the comics all the time where they race, and I feel like they really captured Superman's presence and his just the air about him and he has mm-hmm. a smirk and everything. And I right. thought that was fun. Even though the whole brunch thing was weird about the flash, they kind of, right. <laughs> his all these jokes about brunch that didn't land, but 
I like them racing, but that, I didn't need I didn't need that in the movie. Right. Bill talked about before the ending, how the ending had changed. Where in the original mm-hmm. movie, the Dusex Machina was Superman comes back. They basically easily take out Steppenwolf as soon as Superman comes back, and that's where the movie ends in the Whedon cut. This is very different. You know, Superman comes back and they're beating Steppenwolf, but they still manage to get you know Dark Side through. The world gets basically destroyed, and then Flash has to turn back time. So you get a, a, an additional twist. It's like, oh, the twist, Superman's here. Right. And they're going to win. Oh, but there's a second twist and it's Flash. And I thought that was fun, not only because we've already seen the movie before and it changed your expectations of how the movie's going to end, but I thought it was interesting. But also my problem with that is I feel like we didn't get any context to Flash's abilities or story to what version of Flash we're getting here. You don't know what he's capable and not capable of. So when he's like, I think he's like talking himself through it at that moment. I'm just like, I feel like we didn't get the seeds that planted to this. That's uh, so I actually felt like that worked really well. Okay. Um, that's fine. They, they had, they had touched into it briefly. Like they had uh, the plant was, he said, he's like, if I, if I go really, really fast, I can, I can kind of break time and I can go, you know, turn back time just enough so that I can get this amount of energy that I need. And then they have that as the massive payoff. And I think it, it paid off really well. I think, the calling of the names out to each other between cyborg and flash actually hit for me on emotional level. Mm. I was getting kind of misty. And then, um, yeah, like having him turn back time and he's talking to his dad about like, it's like, I'm not, I'm not worth this. I'm, you know, just know that your son's one of the greats knowing that his dad can't hear him, but he's kind of just trying to talk himself through it. That's something that really worked well. Ooh, like I, just, it, I just got the feels there in right, that. I just man, got the chills. It, yeah. Like it, it worked really well. I Yay. thought it was, it was an interesting <laughs> like subversion to what you had expected because we had the, the Whedon version of things where this time they lose like they, you get the full kind of Avengers experience, right? You get uh, a little bit of infinity war and end game all in one there where it's like, Oh, you should have aimed for the head. It's like, well, we, we, we didn't win, but the, then he can go through this and, and save everyone. So I thought that actually, that worked really well. That was very cool. <laughs> I, the way that, the way that looked visually was so, so cool. I had never, that was on a that was on an inception level of where I was like that is the coolest one of the cooler things I've ever seen. The Just, slow the, motion there was perfect for me, Bill. No issues, <laughs> no notes. Se- even se- like seventy million dollars goes a long way. So yeah, even yeah. like you know even even the the history lesson where they defeat Darkseid the first time where it's Steppenwolf and the Joss version, that was felt like a oh, whole. Mo- I'm that was so a whole movie. glad you brought that up because by the end of this like history lesson, I was like, that could have been a whole. This is incredible. That the two minutes of watching the Green Lantern in that sequence, yeah, to see that the just the, the visual, it was it was done. That whole war scene was done visually beautiful. It was gorgeous. But just seeing that lantern, I was like, give me more lantern in this art style, not in the Ryan Reynolds version. This was so cool. Their uh, their Lord of the Rings intro, if you would. Yeah, sure, I, sure. That's all I kept thinking about. I wanted it ten minutes it longer. Was, I, yeah. I wanted a whole movie on that. It was I, it. It had the same feeling to me as as Lord of the Rings, and I guess just because I'm you know a DC guy, but also a big Lord of the Rings fan, mm-hmm. I I, lo- I loved it. I absolutely loved that. It was it was definitely really important world building, so that you kind of understood, you know, dark side and and the stakes for you know the mother box right they're setting up their one ring so i thought it, it, it was really important for this but i i kind of got pulled out of it and i think i've mentioned this to matt previously in a conversation that we had is that they made like 
I think it was, I think Zeus and what was that? Zeus or Ares looked just like Gerard Butler in 300. So I just, in my head, I just heard him barking. He's like, give them something to drink. <laughs> and I was like, oh no. I think, but it I was think, like still really cool. But I think that I think took it, me out of it. I'm pretty sure it was Zeus, right? Because didn't Ares yeah, yeah. drive that yeah, was Zeus. accent to him? It was yeah. very cool how, kind of like Bill said, the Lord of the Rings element to it is that like one box went to, you know, the. The world, know, the world of elves. The world of elves. Exactly. The dwarves. Well, that's what it kind of felt like. It kind of and felt one, like, and then one to man. You the know, the kings it, of men. Yeah, it kind yeah, of had yeah. that feel to it. That Lord of the Rings mm -hmm. feel. Totally. It definitely did. It was yeah. funny because that entire history lesson and breaking it up. There was some of that in the Joss version, but they tried to use a conversation between Bruce and Diana walking in a location they don't address at all. Just like this waterfront lake. That's how they right. try to cram that whole plot into like a couple conversations and sentences. Yeah. Yeah. That was another thing that, that just didn't work with the Whedon cut because they had to cut so much. It's like you had zero explanation about the mother box and, and the unity and what well, it did and Mark, how I'm it glad you brought together. that up because Bill had told me that the Suicide Squad movie, which I think is just about the worst DCEU movie out there, it's really rough to sit through. But he had told me that because I said to him, I said, I think the villain really fell flat in the movie itself. They didn't get the right just the feel just throughout it was all over the place. He said that originally he had heard that one of the boxes were supposed to be like integral to the story of that movie mm -hmm. introducing you to the boxes i guess to you know, oh, the one okay. and that yeah. would have been i think it was supposed to be steppenwolf was supposed to be the big bad originally in suicide squad and that would have been so cool right. if you gave us an introduction there to the box to kind of like how listen we're comparing it, but to the MCU, comparing the right. stones, you know, that have been introduced in the movies. That's important. And maybe introducing like a Loki type character that you see later in Avengers. Like Right. That's <sighs> a problem. So I think I think DC again wanted to differentiate itself as like, oh, we don't have to do things the way Marvel does it. We'll do things our own way. Well, you know, one of those one of those universes is still going, and the other one's still kind of at square one. Well, uh, 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 one of the, one is the Rock. The Rock says it's coming back. <laughs> well, Cavill the just Rock. they did they just really, Cavill's on for two more Super Superman movies. Well, that I like because I don't. They think just to today, re as of today, they just announced it. I had not read that, but I am yeah. wary to believe anything that's. He oh, just wait, finished April Fools, isn't as it? a side note, it is uh, April Fools Day April as we're Fools. recording this. But I did so, read that he finished yeah. production on season two of Witcher. So maybe he's like, hey, I got some free time in my hands, guys. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Now I have to look that up. Oh, I just, <laughs> I just, I'm sorry. I, I believe nothing on April 1st. <laughs> exactly. We're, I'm like, we, if, we are recording this on April Fools Day. So, yeah. So if, if tomorrow I get a, a separate article that says that, I'll believe it. But everything that I see released today, I'm like, all right, I'm going to check this tomorrow because I don't believe anything. But yeah, I think it would have been so much better if they introduced like that earlier. If if you have that's that's just a that's a miss. That's a miss. That could have really changed the way that this entire thing played out. Like again, it it, it seems like the way that when I'm reviewing this, that I'm like a Marvel fanboy, which I kind of am at this point. But again, originally, if we talk about characters that I, I cared about more, it was the DC characters. I want the DC extended universe or whatever the iteration is going to end up being i want that to be marvel level good like as a as a movie watcher it's a better 
world to live in when you have better like more good movies to watch sure and as a comic book fan like comic book character fan it's better when you have dc and marvel also at high levels like if you get high quality content it's better for everyone people that like marvel more will maybe have an, an at like an avenue to get into more DC characters. Like if you were, I see myself as a Marvel only person, but you have a great depiction of the, you know, the DC world that could be a, your, you know, way in. It's a, it's better if they're better. So I want them to be, to be good. So I think unanimously, we think this movie is better than the Whedon version. I would say that's yeah. unanimous. Agreed. What Absolutely. I would like to say, we, we talked about the ending, the climax of the film. What are other some of these sequences for you guys that you feel really worked throughout this movie? What are some of the memorable sequences? And anyone can jump in and say what what you really enjoyed. Uh, the Wonder Woman opening, yeah. I really liked that this time. I liked the overall. I like. I know he used the can at some point. Less gunplay from Batman was awesome. You know, in the underwater fight, not underwater. Haha, the under the Gotham Harbor fight. Right. In the Joss version, he swings in and immediately grabs a gun and starts shooting people. Much like the end of the movie, he kind of like goes to a rafter and starts shooting people. In this, at the end, he does that, but it's more in context because there's actual like gods fighting inside. <laughs> so right. he kind of like hangs back and keeps everyone else. It, it, it makes so much more tactical sense for something Batman would do. Right. And even in that under the first time they fight Steppenwolf, it makes so much more sense what he does. Like, he doesn't go for Steppenwolf. He goes to get the parademons off of... Oh, and them not operating on fear and that sound. Oh, that was so much better. This, yeah. The parademons, I thought they were even better in this. Like, yeah. they were like... They had a little bit of the... They same, had a little more, you had a little more understanding of what they were about here, I feel like. Yeah, and they, they had a very similar feeling to the creatures from the trench in Aquaman, where they were like a little creepy like they had their own little like oh this is okay the cyborg stuff is fantastic you know I, it obviously it's easy to say like, oh it's fle it fleshed everything out and it, it really did so many decisions or so many things that were supposed to be the plot in the joss whedon version they just paid off like i i thoroughly enjoyed that opening sequence where superman's scream awoke the mother box that's so cool and all of a sudden maybe they addressed it in the in the joss one but i don't remember that did was that was that addressed I don't think so. I don't even remember how the movie no, immediately yeah, begins. This one, this one kind I of... think it's Batman on a rooftop fighting one of those creatures. No, it's the cell phone footage of Superman being oh, like... Oh, right. The musty, infamous the digital scene. Yeah. 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 yeah I, I, you know, I even liked at the end when Superman showed up and stopped that, took the hit from the blade and used his frost breath. Like, that, I, was, I was on board. Yeah, I was oh. I was on board. Some of these sequences that I liked, and Bill, you named a few of them. First off, and I'm back to the ending again, but changing the red sky to the black sky just for some reason just felt so much better. It looked kind of ridiculous in that last movie where just the whole last like 20 minutes is this bright red sky. I just mm -hmm. thought this just tonally again just felt better. I did love the intro where you have this that spinning camera of Superman screaming. And it kind of reminds you, again, where we were last, because it's been years since I've seen Batman vs. Superman, because I try to avoid <laughs> that movie. 
I mean, the extended cut was a lot better, but I, I do not enjoy the original too much. Well, the Flash, um, I mean, both Flash sequences are incredible. The yeah. Iris West one, and more. I, I enjoyed more when he was saving everyone from the Gotham Harbor. Yes, I agree. The, the Him saving everyone outside of the Gotham Harbor was yeah. a highlight. Yeah, people said that they missed like, the line of, of Batman saying, save one at a time. But then it feels like Flash is like new no. to being the Flash. This right. it I felt mean, like... He, in the context of, of the Whedon film, I think that was great. That right. particular line. It worked in this for cut, that. It would not have worked. Right. But I think I think doing having the Flash saving all those those people that really worked really yeah. fantastically well. Have you seen um, any of the stills uh, that people have put up? There's like stills, and he literally is watching himself save people. Like you know, because there's like a million of him. Like you know put throughout the frame cool, there's man. like there's like three or four of him standing with his arms folded staring at himself saving people because yeah. he's that fast but that's something you know unless you pause it you're not seeing like that is the level of detail i really like yeah. like I, I keep going back to it matt you I knocked out of the park this was not a marvel movie this was something totally different and it was still superheroes to me but think... it wasn't it wasn't the boys where well, that's, that's superheroes right I was like, that is very it's, much not. The problem but, is people want to instantly compare. And I don't think it's necessarily fair because they were not trying. Well, even the Warner Brothers very much wanted to make their own MCU because of the money that, that the higher ups. Snyder was not trying to make th that type of film here. No. Right. But I think the, the issue that, so I'm, I'm going to go back to the Iris West sequence. I think that sequence works like 90%. And, the ten percent though is what really ruins it for me. Uh -oh. Like everything, no, I like so much of it, and I and I really wanted it to 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 land. But then, so in the sequence, there's a couple things that that take me out of it. The, the sesame music, seed, the music choice, bad, just odd. Just you know, have a have a score. That's why we have that's why we have composers and soundtracks. The other thing that takes me out of it is. Why is he grabbing a fucking hot dog out of the air when he's trying to save this girl? And also he's like caressing her face. You're very beautiful. The, the face caressing was a little oh, weird. That was that just it like was. it was, it, it was I, it didn't, so cringeworthy. It, it didn't ruin it for me, but I questioned it. I said, huh? <laughs> yeah, like, oh, this guy's kind of a kind of a creep. And then he like grabs the hot dog and almost forgets to save the girl. It was weird. I just wish they didn't do that. Everything else in that sequence works really well, except for the music. But I, yeah, that could have been just a, a completely beautiful sequence minus those couple things. But for me personally, yeah. it's when you do those things, I'm like, oh, you're just, you're, you're almost there, but you just don't quite get it. Like, that's like the, for me, my theme of this movie is like, Oh, he gets so many things, but there's just so many things that he doesn't that that just makes that connection not happen quite for me. Like you have Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman and you make the film rated R. I, I understand like we want to differentiate. It doesn't necessarily have to be like Golden Age Superman and Golden Age Batman, but like making it rated R and having people hacking off limbs like torture superman again he's trying to get to superman is unhinged but like early before he's unhinged like him him stopping the axe blade with with his shoulder i like the frost breath but him going like not impressed i'm like this does not feel like any superman I, so i've people ever known in my about life that line. i've listened to many people complain about that line and i he's a cocky I, cock in this movie. i spent a, a good amount of time thinking Honestly, I spent. I said, "Yeah, 
what would have been a better line in that moment? And I spent a good like 10 minutes of my car ride the other day <laughs> thinking what would be a better line than that? And I struggled to find something that fits Superman in that moment that's not overly arrogant, but really fits him. And I, I, I don't think it's perfect, but I think it's like a seven out of 10, that line. I don't think it's awful. Could they have thought of something better? Yes, I trouble to find something better to say in that moment as far as a one-liner. So if we're thinking, you know, uh, 80s, 90s Superman, 80s, 90s Superman lands and says something along the lines of, so you're Steppenwolf or Steppenwolf, I presume? Yes, yes, yes. You know, non-pressed is, it's a little weird. It doesn't work. I I did like the, I believe uh, in truth. And I also, what is it? I I believe in truth. And I also believe in justice or whatever from the the Joss version. It just, that wouldn't have fit in here. You know, too much like the Batman line definitely wouldn't have fit in here. I, I know he's black suit just for a nod to the comic fans. That's fine. I do wish that they had gone through Snyder's initial plan was for him to have the mullet. And I would have just, that would have been incredible. That, would have been really that was a cool. rough time period to be reading Superman when everyone's like, why does he have a mullet? I'm like, ah, just go with it. <laughs> like, he, <laughs> you know, when he comes, even the fight against the Justice League was, was better. Like even oh. that fight was better. I knew right. we'd get to that I agree. scene. I, I agree. Knew we would. Yeah. He, the, the all the fight sequences work better but i think like between the not impressed it, it's not just the line it's like the look in his face is like oh you're a smug piece of shit like i just the way that the superman feels in this doesn't feel like superman but Maybe i don't think argue, but i don't oh, think not, he is not superman again but, he but i don't think back. he's i don't think he wanted to make the superman that we all know i think this is this world superman it's very much a guy who's just come back from doomsday, who's been experienced through this, who's seen the world in a different lens. I don't think we're getting the 1960s or 1980s Superman. And that's fine. Cause I think it's consistent with the world Snyder's built. So I agree with you. This is not the animated series Superman. This is not the eighties movies Superman, but I think it works within the Snyder world. I think it's consistent with his Snyder world. You brought up the fight of Superman versus justice league. And that was actually one of the few scenes in the Whedon version that I actually enjoyed. And I think it is, again, better here. I think the way he comes at Batman with those, you know, with the, the laser reflective arm thing. Yeah. Man, was... I never, before this movie, I never realized how much of just an, the, of an endgame his laser eyes are. Cause like he doesn't use them like that that much in the comics and stuff. It's always more like punchy and flyy. Yeah, here he's using yeah. it for like killing purposes. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Um. So when he's coming at Batman, they built that into earlier in the film where he's like, "Yeah, Master Bruce, we finished those things." That you know, there's <laughs> right. some like laying the seeds to that. And when Lois shows up, it's a little different than the way Lois shows up in the the uh, the Whedon cut. So I thought. I thought a lot of that scene worked a lot better. I think it's a little bit longer, him versus the Justice League. Yeah. But, but I liked it. I liked all that stuff. I think it yeah. really landed. And that was one of my favorite scenes of the film. Yeah, Lois's appearance in this is definitely a lot more organic. Like, she's kind of just going about her day, and then she's like, happens upon it. Not, oh, we, we fetched her in a car, and we're leaving her in the car right, until we right. absolutely need her. She's so- our... She's like, our secret Spumani. weapon. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's like if you think about like in semi-pro, where you have like just like the uh, 
uh, the safe word in case things get out of control. He's like, Spumoni, bring out Lois, right. Spumoni. <laughs> it, it worked a lot better in the context here. I think the moment that still was the same in this movie in, in the Whedon cut, which I think is a highlight of it, is when the Flash is like, all right, it's my time to shine. I got to go after this guy that I've idolized and he's running in flash speed and he's running towards Superman and Superman turns towards him in flash speed. And just the reaction on Ezra Miller's face is face is just <laughs> so perfect. He's like, Oh shit. Yeah. He yeah. sees me. That, it, this that is hits, not supposed to that happen. That hits so well because per, first off it proves how awesome Superman is because mm -hmm. sometimes people say, Oh, Superman's such a boring character. He's so OP. No, when you, captivate that he doesn't want to use his power and he's a guy like this but he in this moment he's not that superman and yeah. he's willing to use all that power it's scary right. and effective and cool and you see the fear in the flash it's awesome that lands yeah. perfectly oh yeah it's it's fan it's perfect acting <laughs> it, that that moment works really well but the entire battle sequence because you're given the proper context they evacuated the building lois is going about her day like all of that world building is really important because the scene lands more effectively how about the atom the atom is in it right that's true there's an entire story with the atom and his whole purpose of including him was because he's like i want to develop an atom movie and go i think it was to china he said yeah and go to china and film an entire atom movie there and bring that whole market and like make it for the audience you know instead of making a movie here and hoping it translate he's like make it there and then have it translate to the rest of the world. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that's that was a great character. It added more depth again to Cyborg's father, and yeah. gave that whole the whole lab Star Labs thing more depth to that. The uh, one thing that I thought was funky, and maybe you guys can explain it, when Batman woke up, and I think he's with the whole crew, and he's talking about his dream. I feel like that didn't hit well because I feel like they didn't show us it. So you're trying to remember it from Batman vs Superman, like the dreams that he's having. And I had to like think back in my head. I'm like, oh, oh, he's he's talking back to previously when he had that dream. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I feel well, like is it, does he talk about Flash showing up? Isn't that what he said? He said you were right. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. But I feel like because this movie is already four hours, we didn't need, I guess, another five, ten minute scene showing it again. But I feel like right. I haven't seen that movie in a while. So I guess if I had seen that previously, maybe it would land better. Mm -hmm. But I hadn't seen Batman vs Superman in a while, so I was I was thinking back, I'm like, what is he talking about? What dream? Did I miss something? Like, right? Yeah, it was like it was like a a callback nod that felt unnecessary, and yeah, I, I think it didn't it didn't land the way that that he probably wanted it to. Yeah, no, I I think it's easy or fun to sit around and be like, this could be cut, this could be cut, this could be cut, but I don't think that's what this is. This was specifically designed for streaming to be like, here it is, you know it very much was set up to be six episodes. Yeah. Like it was absolutely supposed to be that before they realized how much they'd have to pay those actors. So they put it all in one and that's fine. Like I honestly, I think it is, where's my paper. I got to read off that paper again. I think it's, a, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I think it's very, you know, I got a hats off to him that like they came to him after smearing his name, which like he didn't, he didn't go on the offensive and be like, they're liars and all this stuff. He was just like, I'm telling you, I have a version. Like I know it's out there. They have it, but I know it's out there. And they came out being like, you know, he's lying and blah, blah, blah. And there's no such thing. And for him to turn around when they were like, fine, you could just release what you have. And he's like, no, no, then I'd rather not. I'm just not going to do it then. Like, I won't sign off on you putting out this like half-baked version. Right. To, I mean, you know, to even going so far as to like shoot stuff when they were like, fine, but no shooting. And he's like, totally. 
also here's this and all these things I shot. Yeah, and also being listen ballsy enough in the format that it is, I have not seen a format, a movie in this format in a long time. And after the first five, 10 minutes, I got used to it, didn't mind it, that I didn't have black bars on the top and bottom. I had black bars on the sides and it didn't bother me. I know people made a big fuss about it. It was a joke going on for these last few months. Yeah. On a 77-inch TV, which, listen, I'm fortunate to have, it looked awesome. This movie was one of the best-looking Doing 4K streaming through HBO Max is one of the best looking movies as far as detail, HDR, and all that that I've ever seen. I think I have like a complicated feeling towards the existence of this. I, I'll i say I am glad that he got to realize, again, like I said earlier, I'm glad he got to realize this vision. I think this really ties up nicely the DC extended universe that he was building. Sure. So you get that type of closure on the story even though it's like trying to open itself up for sequels but you get like the complete version of that story the complete vision but i like it's impossible for me to kind of extract that from like how completely toxic the campaign was to get this done like there were people want to like talk about oh this is how you know a, a fan-led campaign can lead to something good coming out they were like putting death threats against like executives, like multiple death threats. This was a toxic campaign. So it's like really hard for me to separate that from this. Like I, Zack Snyder has nothing to do with what the fans do, but it's still going to tie into it. And as far as like the reason why this ended up happening, again, we can't, we can't shy away from it. They're going to be eager to release the Snyder cut because you have Joss Whedon, the allegation against Josh Whedon come out about his behavior on set, and they want to try to wash that clean. And then also you have, they have the deal with HBO Max and they have no content. Yeah, so I think it's too full. It was I a think, perfect storm. I think this was them trying to make good face with the fans and they were not yep. in a good place. So they said, if we if we go along with this, we'll look good from a you know, public perception. And then yeah, number two, yeah, PR. this was, you know, Wonder Woman 1984 was a big deal when that came out over the winter time, over the holidays. And then they really didn't have much else until like, you know, Congress is Godzilla's this week and they got a few other things coming out throughout the year. But right. I would say the Snyder cut was a massive deal. And when I think back, you think back of movies when there's extended cuts, director's cuts, a lot of times you're getting the best version of the movie. I mean, I'm thinking of Lord of the Rings. That's the definitive way to watch it now is the extended cuts. You think about Ben Affleck's Daredevil, which people joke at that movie is trash, but the extended or director's cut makes that movie decent. And I will say that without cracking a smile or laughing. And there's other, I mean, the Donner cut of Superman is one Superman of those famous, too, yeah. Superman 2 is one of those famous stories as well. So there's many versions out there and, some scenes are deleted for a reason and some scenes add to a film. And here we have a cut of a film that it, it more or less is the same exact story right. more or less than we watch, but it feels like such a different movie. And it felt like it felt like 60 to 70 to 80% of the footage I had not seen before of a movie. I feel like I'd already seen. So it was weird being like, I've seen this movie, but I haven't. Right. You know? So, so at this point, I just don't understand the, resistance like there clearly is a market for this right there's clearly a fan base 
for people that are going to watch this. Now I know cause they can't have the toy money, right? They can't get little kids to, and I'm not, I have little kids. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I know they can't use these child friendly superheroes in ways that they necessarily want to. I just don't understand the, not only the walking away from it, but just like the defiance of like the day after, after it having these, you know, positive reviews and overall everyone being like, wow, that was much better. It's, you know, all these positive things, there are negatives, but like, you know, for, for the most part, people having positives, why, why does Warner Brothers feel the need to immediately come out and be like, that's over. We have better stuff in mind. And you're like, well, I liked that. Or we liked that. Yeah. Well, I think, I think most people would agree that even if they didn't love this movie, they enjoyed one, having the opportunity to see it, and they enjoyed the experience, even if it wasn't their favorite movie of all time. So if they can do that for other films, and I know there's right. other films out there that people say they're come, starting to come out of the woodworks and saying, oh, I have a cut of my movie I'd love to show. Suicide Squad. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I think because we can't, like we were talking about before how you can't see this movie without having knowledge that having seen wonder woman having seen aquaman since that time period is going to like color your perception of this i think it's impossible for people to like untangle this from comparing it to the previous joss whedon cut like a lot of the reviews are positive but it says it's better than its predecessor it's better than the whedon cut but it's not necessarily for the most part as far as critical reviews talking about oh this was great as its own movie. As its own movie, though, they're talking about the pacing's not right. The there's some great character work that's done, but it feels long. Like it again, there's there are a ton of moments in this movie that I like. The ending is great. The cyborg scenes work great. The flash scenes, 90% for one, work really well. But it felt to me, it felt like a slog. Like there's 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 so many scenes that like feel unnecessarily long or just plain unnecessary that like it didn't make me feel like oh i need to see more of this world personally i i i'm satisfied i felt much more satisfied about the world that had been created and that reaching like a conclusion in the movie but i didn't emerge from this feeling like oh i need like another 20 movies of this world I just was excited. It was a, something fresh for me, and I, I love the scope of it. It was just so. It was it was a fresh take on something for me. You know, like it was so different, and it was and it was characters. Maybe because I, I I like Batman more. I like Superman more. So his characters, I was excited to see do the thing. And Flash, I, I was excited for him to do his Flash stuff. You know, he was uh, arm tornado away from me being like, "Yay, it's actually the Flash." You know, right? I liked Cyborg finally. Like aside from. I know he's big on uh, Justice League, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, my daughter and I watched Teen Titans Go, and I like him on that, but it's a totally different character on that. Sure. Right. I, I finally cared about him. Like, I have never collected a comic with Cyborg in it where I've been like, cool. I was like, right. okay, I don't give me, I guess just give me Batman or, or Green Arrow. <laughs> right. I, you know, the Alfred stuff hit better. It had one of the cooler lines when uh, Bruce introduced everyone to him. He's like, this is Alfred. I work for him. That was awesome. Putting how much importance there is on Alfred, you know? There just was so much. And I don't think this was, I don't know. I look at it like a Lord of the Rings thing where like Return of the King is its own thing when I sit down to watch it. I'm not sitting down to be like, I'm going to watch a, here's a movie that just fired all cylinders hits. I'm like, this is a four hour movie. I know what I'm in. There's going to be 
parts where this lulls and there are many many scenes that could be trimmed down that could be the arrow firing that's cool but there was two minutes before the arrow came out of the box yeah like you know i there's stuff that could be trimmed but he didn't have to you know he it was legit them being like do do what you there's no time limit now you know this is your your thing to quiet the fans down you know so i don't think even you know i think an interesting point that someone uh, i forget who said it but like even this even this isn't this is his version of justice league in 2020 after the first one had come out after everything had happened like we don't know what his actual original version was right you know even the storyboards of the trilogy are different than what this is because they were making this when warner brothers was like freaking out from man of uh, batman superman so even the initial like script and everything was rewritten so i don't know i i I mean that's a weird i guess tangent to go on but you know this is i think it's its own thing i i thoroughly enjoyed it it made me like it made me go back i didn't watch them yet but it made me be like well okay those other two movies definitely tie into this it feels like one like his three feel like one big narrative now and even when aquaman left it wasn't as like goosebumps as like the end of uh return of the sith where you see the two sons and the music plays and you're like well i gotta go watch a new hope now but like he gets in the truck that starts aquaman like he gets in that truck to pull off you know it it, it is supposed to start right there right. i mean mara loses her accent that's weird and i do think there was some of the aquaman stuff that maybe went on a little long but i really enjoyed the movie I had a fun time with it. It it showed me more of the character. Like it showed me Batman being Batman. Like it was cool. It was very cool. Martian Manhunter was unneeded, but at least he got to be in a movie. And we got to see technically the Justice League. Yeah, I think the other unique thing, and this will sort of be my closing thoughts on on this discussion, in that for me, we've been in the last year now, more or less, haven't seen many new movies. You know, there's no movie theaters. Things have been pushed back infinite, just indefinitely. And here we are with something that is new that we've been all curious about. I mean, whether our expectations were high or low or what we thought of the original movie, we were curious and we didn't know what this movie would be. And here it is. And I think we'd all say it's better than we thought it was going to be. And it's better than the original. And I'm glad it exists. And like we said, it's a, it's a four-hour movie. This could have been two movies. It could have been a six-episode series. And they could have been cut. But I like that we have everything. And we can look at all of it. We have all the footage. You always want as much as possible. You can't ask for much more. So I'm glad, <laughs> it, I'm glad it exists. I don't know. Time will tell if we'll get more in this line, this universe. They're saying no now. But we are going to get more DCU movies. You know, I just we just all saw the trailer for the Suicide Squad. So listen, I'm always hoping they'll they'll correct some of their wrongs, get back on track, and get me psyched for. And I'm I'm always psyched. I'm always excited to see what they're going to do next. But I'm glad this exists. I am curious to watch it again because I feel like the first time I was I was you don't know what you're going to get. And this now I'm like, all right, I know what that was. Let me see if I can take that in more, take a little bit more of that, and maybe mm-hmm. I might even go back. As crazy as it sounds to watch. Man of Steel, Batman vs Superman, and watch the whole story that he had planned for. So I smell a Snyder podcast. <laughs> I, I almost, yeah. So I'll say this: um, <laughs> it's made the the scenes with the Flash made me more interested in the Flash solo movie coming out than I had been previously. So just they just, they that, just recast the father. I don't know if you know that. 
I did not know that. Billy Crudup but, or Crudup, whatever his name is now, Ron Livingston. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah. S- sideways move. Right. Sideways. I feel like that's a, that's a lateral move. That's fine. Yeah. But again, it's it's created some excitement for me personally. Again, I'm I think I'm, my opinion's most important. I'm like Zack Snyder in that sense. <laughs> um, but like it's it's created that excitement for me. So I'm glad about that. A movie that I was kind of blasé and indifferent towards coming out now i have a little you've generated some buzz towards it for me so that's i think that's you know an accomplishment in and of itself but yeah the the project itself i'm again glad that we got to see the the version of it realized and it made me this close to being like maybe i'll try am i wrong about batman v superman um, but then i'm like no i'm not and i and i have not decided to go back to it martha. Like, i've gotten martha <laughs> why did you say that name he wants to know it's, man it's like i just today there was a hot ones episode with jeffrey dean morgan <laughs> and i was taken back there i'm like oh it's thomas oh martha martha <laughs> why did you say that name and i said that in my own head it like, is why? funny how this movie can make the previous movies somewhat feel better than they were it is interesting how that, that right it paints it it paints it a little bit differently and then i'm like did i did i misjudge this did and I? then i snapped <laughs> out of it and i'm like no i didn't misjudge it like both of these movies were not good and again i I get back to my central point it's like i'm an alzheimer patient when i'm talking about this because i'll be like there'll be a couple moments i'm like oh man that was cool and then i'm like wait still not a good movie right to me there are some things that really do hit to my sensibilities like the the scenes that work really work (laughs) and then they're they're just like but there's just the moments we can't get out of his own way. Like, I think some of the soundtrack tro- choices in this movie are so atrocious that they stand out. And like, we've talked about this on the podcast multiple times. Yeah. Like I musically, I just like want the music to there to be like a beat that I can yeah. stick with or, and then just get out of the way. But when you have like really weird pop music that you keep putting in there, where I'm like, why is this in this scene? It takes me out of it. I want to be lost in the world. I don't want to be taken out of it because you have this, oh, I have this really cool song. Let me show you. I know cool music. I'm like the Zach Braff of superhero movies. Like that just doesn't work for me. I thought the Junkie XL score was okay. I listened actually today totally not at my job or anything. Like I listened today (laughs) to the Elfman score. And I oh. thought the Elfman score had some cool stuff uh, that I enjoyed. You know, his Batman theme or the Batman rooftop hinted like at his original Batman theme, which give give that to me. That is one of the best superhero songs of all time, you know, but I, I, the Junkie XL thing was fine. He, he had some good. He had some good moments. So the reason he used so many Leonard Cohen songs was specifically because of his daughter. You monster. I'll have you know that right now. <laughs> no, I, but but that was the reason, you know, she was a big she was a big fan of uh, Leonard Cohen and he kind of I guess because this was so emotional that's why he put a ton I think it's three different Leonard Cohen songs play throughout the movie yeah the problem is that he couldn't only use like the like Hallelujah once but right right like, it seemed like he wanted to use it like four or five times yeah, and again, yeah, yeah. Uh, like just I'm looking at it purely from like I want to be lost in the, the movie sure, again yeah. I'm going into it with like zero expectations I'm like 
not even like impress me. I'm like, just make it, make it so that I don't notice things like, like that. And then there'd be like a scene, like it's, it's early in the movie. I think we have like this weird pop song when they're, uh, I think it was with Aquaman. I'm like, what is happening? Why is this? Why did you pick this? And I'm like, I'm like, already I have a problem with this. Just, I didn't want to get into like five minutes into the movie. Like, what is this song choice? Like the, the problem for me is that like, it's, it's kind of a victory because you get to see a version of a film that you didn't, you know, you probably weren't going to get to see unless you had this perfect storm of everything happening. The pandemic had, was like, definitely on its side. Right? The pandemic, you had no movies coming out. You have the Joss Whedon story coming out. A new there. streaming service. Right. A new service with no content. Like it's the perfect storm for this to happen. It, it doesn't happen without all those elements. But at the same time, like I can't help but feel like this, this version of the film captures both the very best and the very worst of Zack Snyder. Like sure, love him, hate Matt him. Matt said it earlier. Yeah. Matt said it earlier, the man can cut a trailer. His trailers are fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. Like I for saw sure. the first trailer for this movie. I'm like, am I going to get excited for the Justice League again? This is weird. Is it 2016? I'm confused, right? So, like, his trailers are always great. He has some fantastic cinematic style. Uh, some of his shots are really good. But, like, this felt like the ultimate version of that where it's just, like, a pure vanity project. It's like, oh, it's just four hours of unadulterated Zack Snyder. Whereas we were going along with learning about the Snyder Cut, it's like, oh, there's a Snyder Cut. Oh, if this movie's going to be four hours long. Oh, uh, well, not only that, I'm going to put it in 4-3. And then he says, my ultimate version of this is in black and white. I'm like, are you trying to get me to not see this movie? Because everything you say is making me somehow less interested. The gray version, I will admit, that is where you and I will break bread. I cannot <laughs> imagine watching the gray version. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for like old school movies. I have no problem watching black and white movies. But if I have the option, why am I not watching it in color? Yeah. yeah. Like it's, if, not, it's not Sin City. It's Sin City. Your no, checks in the mail. No. We're going to keep plugging you. So Mark, it's not the city. We don't need to have black and white. So Mark, does that. Well, you guys are having Frank Miller on next week. So of yeah. course he's in the, he's waiting, in the room. waiting room. Yeah. He's in the waiting room. <laughs> so Mark, does that uh, kind of tidy up your overall closing thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. I, I again, I, f I feel like, uh, like uh, I'm losing my mind a little bit, uh, which is perfect for how the, you had the, uh, the nightmare sequence at the end. I, I feel like I'm on both sides of, of, of the, you know, of the fence here at different points sure. overall. Very happy that we, we got to have this version. It's not something that I feel like I'm going to dive into again in full. Uh, there are several sequences that I think are cool that I think I'll revisit from time to time. But it's I'm, I'm still okay with them just moving on to bigger and better. All right, Bill, uh, take us home. I loved it. <laughs> um, I had such a good time. It was so reminiscent of when I watched Return of the King. I'm not going to watch it every year. I'm not going to watch it multiple times a year there are going to be the times where I get the bug and I'm like, I need to sit down for four hours and I'm going to watch this movie. It had so many cool things in it uh, that I just was like, Oh, finally, this is, this is, this is what it's, it's felt like DC to me. DC wasn't pretty DC wasn't shiny. I mean, Superman, depending on who drew him would be that way, but like, it wasn't that pretty, you know, it wasn't the Marvel sense where they tell you last time in every thought bubble, you know, and every dialogue was like, that's why this thing could do that. And this and that DC talked about, Superman had star labs for like X amount of years where it's a literally a laboratory of mutants and scientists. And that was Superman's like who he was fighting. Like 
this is just just felt like a I don't know it just felt like a DC movie to me like it felt not like when we we're the the stuff we grew up with but like uh, in terms of the DC movies it just it was something different it, it wasn't as far as the boys are Watchmen it was it was closer to Watchmen I would say than anything else considering Batman looks exactly like a <laughs> Night Owl but I thoroughly enjoyed it. it 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 fleshed out a world that like you know it was something that I I was happy to see it was something different than the than the Marvel stuff for me. And I, I, not that I'm hating on the Marvel stuff. I just, I think there has to be variety. It can't all just be one company making the superhero movies. I, I, there were, there were cool conversations in the movie between superheroes that were just like the pan, like mid book stuff, you know, not splash page, like mid book stuff where you're just like, that's yeah, it's just a regular conversation between two superheroes. We were talking about, you know, not every line is this super important hang on, you know, it's just like, yeah, those are my favorite moments where you just, yeah. where you're watching, you're listening to Cyborg and Flash talk about Wonder Woman and how old she is. You know, it's just like that type of stuff you, you get in the comic books and it makes you, you realize what wow, these characters are talking. They're hanging out with one another. Yeah. And, and in that, on the, the, the opposite playing that is Aquaman and Wonder Woman talking, yep. having this like cool yeah, hinting at when, you know, what potentially could be the flashpoint where they fight, you know? So I don't know. I, I just to walk for DC to walk away from something like this. I, I find to be silly. I think they could have multiple versions. Matt and I've talked about this, put out multiple Batman movies. Like we, you know, we could figure it out, put out your TV shows and your, we could, everyone could figure it out, but I just, to, to give up on this altogether, you know, you have a guy who looks, ex he is what Bruce Wayne would look like in real life. Like that's exactly what Bruce Wayne would look like. And it, when he, when he, gets in batman shape he is bat the Su superman looks like superman i just you know i just i like it i like it a lot and i'm sorry that this is the last unless i continue to have my underground marketing campaign to restore the snyderverse so oh boy <laughs> well this was a, this was a fun conversation guys i knew this movie being four hours and it really shouldn't exist you know from any account it belongs not, in a museum. <laughs> it's, it, it shouldn't exist. So it's fun that it does exist. It's fun that we can talk about it. I do thank you guys for joining us to talk about the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. And hopefully we can get the, the, the three of us, the band back together, to talk about the next superhero project because it's been fun kind of going off in these side episodes. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, I'm glad I didn't have to eat my hat. Which was good. I was worried that I was gonna have to eat my hat, as I promised. We'll get you, Mark. You're you were almost we almost got you. Four hours, we almost got you. If it weren't four hours, I think they they would have been able to fully get me. But uh, I I am gonna try to to make this a thing where you call the Zack Snyder. Nothing was cut. Uh, <laughs> but no? but like at, there's a, there's a point in time where it's like, do you not know what it's like to cut a, a movie into something that's viewable? Like, then stop making movies, make a series. But when you're he supposed did. to make a movie, make a movie. But I'm saying, like, oh, yeah, yeah, right. That's his problem is that, like, Batman v Superman, you needed like an extra half hour of context for it to work as a movie. Then you don't know how to make a movie. That's his, his I think that's his problem is that he always, like, oh, but if you have all this other extra stuff, it makes perfect sense. Start going into TV, then, dude, like, write series because. With a movie, you have to be able to cut it and make it kind of like hum along. You can't just have like extra sequences for no reason. Yeah, that's the problem. Sure, and, and I guess maybe the three of us, we should have had like a completely like non comic book 
person that's what on. I do. You know, you know sure someone to... someone who just likes film, like doesn't like uh, doesn't Scor- know it. Scorsese, you can enter the room now. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, Scorsese would like this movie. You know that too. <laughs> oh God, that's another um, reason. I guess <laughs> I feel justified in my response <laughs> because you know it 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 does benefit or maybe detract that we know this. Like we know a lot of the story, or you know we know what he's pulling from. So I would be interested to see what. Actually, I wouldn't care. This is me. This was honestly made for comic book fans. Like I'm so, like this was specifically made for people who read story, read the stories, and right. wanted to see. It's it's very much a film that was made for comic book fans, and I'm not putting you in this box, but Snyder fanboys uh, that were part of the. Again, I'll, I'm going to call attention to it again. This is my own personal takeaway. A toxic campaign that involved death threats to try to get something made which i think is pretty abhorrent but yeah i i mean it's it's unapologetically like he knew what he wanted to make and I, I say that with the utmost respect it's like he had a vision he knew what he wanted to make he's like oh you're gonna let me make what i want to make we're gonna make what i want to do yeah, it's very so, it's very unapologetically yeah. snyder yeah i, I know i know love been, it or hate it it's snyder i've definitely yeah. obviously been joking and playing it up like I don't consider myself a Snyder fanboy, really. Like I, I, I've told you guys. I think on the last pod, I, I, I did not like Three Hundred. Three Hundred, Three Hundred bored. I could not tell you how much that movie bored me. Soccer Punch, I wasn't a fan of. Even Man of Steel, I saw Man of Steel. I went on a Han Solo mission by myself to a movie theater because no one wanted to go with me, and I was like, well, I'm going to see this movie in the movie theater because- And each of of these movies looked so cool. I was so excited to watch all of these movies. Yeah, I, I, you know, I I think there's stuff that doesn't hit, and I'm like, eh, but I, there's something about when he does the slow-mo, like, okay, when the Batmobile's in midair and they're all in that splash page around it, that, I get again they're the characters I connect with more, but that connected more to me where I was like, wow, than I than anything. Avengers tried doing that. Age of Ultron had that almost similar thing where they're in the beginning. In uh when they fight in the winter in the woods or something mm-hmm, to get mm-hmm, yeah. it had something like that. It just it that I was like, this doesn't even this this hits for me more. Like I, I just I even okay, in this version. Aquaman riding the parademon down for some reason didn't feel as cheesy as it did the first time around. It it almost almost like they earned it. Like you're like, oh, well, okay. And this this yeah. time I get it more, maybe. Or there were the subtle changes to dialogue. I think that made it go down easier. Uh, where he's like, you know, they they've didn't they've done some team building, and Cyborg's like picks him up. He's like, you're welcome. He's like he's like you could say thank you, you jerk. A lot and then of he the just things sends him on his way. A lot yeah. of things that landed were just more earned and more developed and. Right. And it has the privilege of being four hours long. So it's the time sure. and it could, it could stretch its arms, stretch its legs and say, you know what? I can make all of this make sense. The things that just didn't make sense at all. Right. Before. Which yeah. again, which again taps into my frustration that, that they didn't do the legwork because if they did the legwork, I think this could have been something really great without the bloat. Like they could have made a great justice league movie. If they only had done the legwork following the format that marvel put in place like you want to make a team up movie cool introduce all the characters make the audience care about the characters and want to see them team up not from just oh name recognition from comic book fans so everyone casual y'all can fuck off like well, that's what that's I mean, the problem yeah i think uh, the perfect perfect example of that in this movie and it pains me because i think he looks great and i would love to see him in the ro- 
the commissioner Gordon stuff, I was like, uh, what am I, why am I, why am I in Gotham? Why am I in their police district? Like, why am I in the precinct right now? You know, there's a conversation. We did. I, he, that guy wasn't even Bullock. If you make that guy Bullock, I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah, they're trying to squeeze Bullock in. That's cool. I was just a random, random person. Yeah. And, and it was just, it was that, that, that could have been cut. Our, you know, the arrow sequence could have been cut. Lois getting coffee could have, there were so many things that could have been definitely trimmed without a doubt. I wonder what the runtime is if you do that and speed up. Well, actually, the lowest getting coffee, if it's I would, in regular I would cut, motion, that's fine. I would cut the entire epilogue. Because yeah. if, you're, if you really wanted to make this a coherent movie, you cut the epilogue. But they weren't trying. I think we've, we've tried to judge this on a movie. This was not. This is not a movie we're watching, nor this is a TV show. This is something different. It's like this a is first four-hour footage of what Snyder's story was. Right. This is not a cut movie for cinemas. This is not a TV show. So, like, I think if you take out the epilogue and you take out the Lex Luthor scene and you take out a couple of those things, yes, maybe it is a better flowing two and a half hour movie. But I feel like we have to call this something different. Oh, man. Yeah. Lex, even though I hate him as Luthor and I don't think he's a good Luthor, that scene, I I, I was I, I let it grow out because I was like, oh, I just want to see that Batman movie. Like, that was well, supposed yes. to be the start of that what, Batman movie. What they right. were trying to do with that scene, I thought was effective is like bringing in Deathstroke and having Lex Luthor escaped right. prison. Like that landed. I just don't like Jesse Eisenberg as that character on in that moment. That's just me. Right. Yeah. I think, I think there's something to that, yeah. but again, that's, that's a, being a victim of, of your own mistakes, right? Like they, Zack Snyder chose to portray him that way in like the previous movie. So you made your bed. You have to kind of lie in it like that. You, you cast him, you had him play, the character as i guess manic ish i don't even know how to describe him it's, it ain't like sleuther but like manic and slightly unhinged and then you have to try to recover from that it's going to be very difficult but you can't it's not like oh i inherited this from someone else he did that i i I'm, i always like hearing other people's opinions because it, it kind of gives me a window into looking at it from a different perspective and sometimes i'll like watch different sequences and be like oh i never looked at it that way the average no. person would not enjoy this but a very specific right. person might really enjoy this that's fine not every movie is for everybody and not every movie has to be made yeah. for a mainstream audience that all kids and families can enjoy yeah i think it's it's a perfect pandemic movie right like if you put this out in the box office again we'll, this is just projecting but the way that especially if you had like those martian manhunter scenes we're like what the fuck is happening right um i, I think with with audience like regular audiences sorry for calling people regular audiences it's not <laughs> like they're super audiences i'm saying like average moviegoers without having the full context of the stories that these are based on mm -hmm. i think it still might have flopped hard but you get you get to have something specialized with the pandemic and with hbo max needing content and everything happening so you get something different that you never would have gotten otherwise and that's i think always a win of sorts but it's going to be interesting to see how this like impacts things going forward. Cause we have, like you guys were talking about, we have had director's cuts of different things when they put them out on physical media with physical media, not being a thing anymore. Will they be doing that as much with streaming services? Will the, you know, positive fan reception and I'd say still relative positive critical reception make this a thing where, Oh, 
we can we can re-release movies that didn't hit quite right with like a little bit of a budget and maybe make money on it is this something that we'll see more of is that a good thing right because then you you kind of run into the issue of well they can put something out and then if people kind of like it but don't like it a lot we can always just re-release it and recut it is that a good thing instead of having something yeah, crafted I, again i think it's an interesting opinion, it's an interesting study in that right in that if, way like personal opinion like we've we've had a discussion about the, these type, this movie already but like the dark knight to me is like the pinnacle of storytelling but is it better for us to release something and then oh wait they didn't like it quite as much and then we end up getting the dark knight later but what's oh. funny is you say it's the pinnacle of of storytelling but I think Bill yeah. has said off pod, which is the name of a, a, a famous podcast. I think Bill said, yeah. um, "Is this that movie is also the least superhero comic bookie of all the superhero movies?" So isn't it right. ironic that we call the pinnacle of storytelling in a superhero movie also feels the least like a superhero movie? Isn't right. that interesting? Well, he's, do, he's he's doing the least amount of Batman stuff in that entire movie. It's yeah, it's yeah. it's trying to do the dance though, and I yeah. think. The, the, that's the problem, right? Is because in the end, movie making is a money making business. So you can't just tailor it for one audience, especially when you're getting into these big budget movies that cost between the budget for the film and the marketing $400 million. Yep. You need to get that return, right? Like it's not done for free. People are like, oh, who cares? It's like, if you're running a, a movie company and you're like, oh, we can make this great movie for the fans of comics and it's going to lose $150 million, why would you do that? Right. Like, I think we have to kind of like steep it in reality. So you have to kind of find that line where you can still satisfy the origins of the characters enough so that you have diehard fans satisfied, but also be able to make it palatable and make it so that it's understandable to people that are going in there completely fresh. Well, I, yes, I agree. It should be made that way. But I think, unfortunately, what we're dealing with now, for the most part, is it's being it's not being made for fans or it's it's solely being made for it to to please these producers egos. I mean, Marvel lucked out because I have someone who genuinely really cares about where their entire universe is going and is a fan first where it, it Warner Brothers is very clear and not even hiding the fact that I mean, Superman Returns, say what you want about it, it made a hundred million dollars and they were like, that's not enough for us. We're done with it. Right. So like, you know, the fan base is there. It kind of goes back to what I'm saying about this. Like the fan base is there. People subscribe to Max for this. Like people want more of this and they're flat out being like, no, we know what you want and it's not this. But in their defense, again, a hundred hundred or $150 million for Superman is nothing. Right. If you're talking about the biggest superhero movies, right, you're, you're talking about something that you're now in, in the context of modern box office numbers, assuming that things are normal. Mm-hmm. You, these should be billion dollar movies and they're not like so you have the interest already built in with two of the biggest. We'll, we'll go back to like Batman v Superman. Sure. You have two of the biggest heroes in comic books and they're in like the common like nomenclature like people know superman and batman who give zero shits about comics and Mm -hmm. that movie gets nowhere near a billion dollars meanwhile you have all these different heroes in marvel that are not household names that are getting close to a billion dollars like there's a reason it's not that's 
Warner Brothers necessarily being like the big machine. It's like, why isn't this working? We have the biggest characters. Well, I agree with that because if they can make like Black Panther is not a known character. He comes out of a Fantastic Four comic book series and he is a he's not a top tier Marvel character. And they made an absolute fortune, an absolute fortune on his character. Right. But like even even Guardians of the Galaxy, Ant-Man, like you look at all these different things like it. They should not be as successful as a Batman right, Superman movie right. by any and means. And then if you're thinking about Warner Brothers and the reason why you're delving away from the Snyderverse, for lack of a better term, is that you were gifted with the most popular superheroes and it's not connecting with audiences as a whole. Why is that? You need to find someone different that has a vision. And I agree, like the Feige of it all for Marvel is that you have this one person with a singular vision and they're able to have this main vision kind of go over into different films with different filmmakers that, you know, bring their own style and kind of flair to it, yeah. but still have it connected. Yeah, I would say DC if you- needs their Feige. If you polled a thousand people, and that's me. <laughs> if you went like in the 18 in 1980s, 1990s, and 2000s, and you polled a thousand people and you said, Who are the most commonly known superheroes? It's probably Batman, Superman in, in the 80s, Batman, Superman Booster in the Gold. 90s, and then 2000s, it's probably still Batman, Superman in the 2000s, and, and like Spider Man. And probably Spider Man is in there too because of this, the Tobey Maguire movies. Right. Then you probably get to like 2010 and it starts to change. Now, the average child right now might know Iron Man, Captain America, Hulk and Thor more than they would know Batman, Superman, which is crazy to say. Right. Especially for like people around our age. Right. It's crazy to think that kids would think of Captain America before like Superman right. or that they would think of Iron Man before Batman. I picked those characters for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> Tying them together because they're like, you know, equivalent counterparts. But yeah, that's the wor- that's the world that we live I'm, in now. I'm waiting for someone that and I enjoy these movies. I don't think they're right. all fantastic, great Oscar award winning movies, but I enjoy them. I'm waiting for someone who really understands the characters that can make a good story, kind of like Nolan did, but more in a comic book world. Right. With like the Joel Schumacher. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what we need. Let's re- release the the Schumacher cut. There, is, uh, there is one, right? Isn't there? A, isn't there a cut of um? I, I read that a few months ago. I read that Batman a few and Robin. Ago, that there is a different cut of those movies. It's- I again, I just I I hope for my sake the future. No, and gen- just in general. I hope DC finds someone to like headman these movies going forward. What if it's James Gunn? If if it is if it's James Gunn, then I honestly just think to find someone that has a vision of these characters and an understanding of these characters so that they can kind of godfather this. I honestly think if you've been if you've been watching the CW Arrowverse, there's some cool stuff happening there in those crossover episodes, and I'm like why can't they do this with the movie budget on the movies, you know? Yeah, right. I do enjoy that. Marvel was like, get out of here, gun. You're no good for us. DC immediately is like, you could do whatever you want. He's like, right. Suicide Squad. I'm like, yeah, cool. You could choose any characters. Any of them could die off. And the second it gets announced, Marvel's like, just kidding. Please, like, come back. Like, we're just kidding. That cause... movie's going to be a lot of fun. I, I, I might not love, like, just like Guardians of the Galaxy. I might not love the characters before it starts. But by the time it ends, I'm sure I'm going to say that was a fun movie. Yeah. Of course. Starro yeah. is the bad guy? 
Right. Starro? But if you can find, I love the villain. Love it. If yeah. if you can if you can find someone that has like a a an understanding of the characters. Again, for me, and I think for a lot of people that are Superman fans, Zack Snyder was not that guy. Like he just doesn't have a grasp for the character. Like you can there's always going to be a, an adaptation you're doing an adaptation so it's not going to have to be strictly to the comic books but there's like there's something attached to the character which is why people connect with superman mm-hmm. that's completely it's he's devoid of in the in the films like you know the truth justice in the american way it's a little old timey but if we tie it to marvel like captain america is kind of old timey and yet they modernized him without making it feel cheap but he still stayed true to his character you're like oh he's kind of virtuous still even though he's finding his way in this modern world and superman never felt virtuous he just felt like kind of lost and then by the time you get to the snyder cut superman here kind of a dick where you're like i i feel like i should be rooting for him but i'm conflicted and then you show him in the flash forward being a piece of shit you're like yep that makes perfect sense I would just like to say, if we're if we're if we're pointing out stuff, if Superman is as fast or faster than the Flash, how come he didn't save all the people in the courtroom in a Batman v Superman? Fair, fair. Again, it's that's true. his movie. <laughs> so if he was going to establish that, he's just put his own plot hole in after the fact. Yep. Like that. That's confusing. Yeah, no pe- one else. People have did said this. the power levels are not always. And it's uh, consistent. Right. Well, to be and fair, even this, which is so hard with these in guys, this movie, he makes for... one by including Martian Manhunter. Because if you're telling me that that guy's been Martian Manhunter the whole time, that guy watched Zod destroy an entire city. That guy mm-hmm. watched Doomsday almost destroy what is his new planet, right? Like his new home. And then he watched every. I, I guess you could argue he didn't know about the dark side and what was going on in Russia. Bill, you're making my point for me right now about how Zack Snyder's not the one. I th- I'll agree with you guys. They just haven't found that person. It could be honestly, and it could be James Gunn. Who knows? Right, yeah. but that that goes back to my whole my whole issues. Like you're making a DC extended universe. If you're making a universe, it has to kind of operate by the same rules and have a similar feel. So they need to find the central person that has the vision that can then explain that to other people where you can still get movies that feel different. Like when we were going through the retrospect with Marvel, you had a lot of movies that felt different but it still felt grounded in that same universe and that's what's missing. So I look forward to whenever that happens mm-hmm. where we can have that discussion and be like, uh, this movie isn't great, but like, uh, it's like we know that it's building towards something. <laughs> All right, cool. That was fun, guys. We will return. That is a threat. And uh, <laughs> that's a threat we're definitely going to pay off. Uh, thanks it. again for yeah, uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks guys for having me. We could do yep. in here. Yeah, we're yep. rambling on forever. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk longer than the movie. Um, <laughs> awesome. Great times, guys. Thank you. From Mark and Matt, thank you for listening to the Hall of Fame movie podcast. Check us out on Instagram at Hall of Fame pod or email us at the Hall of Fame pod at gmail.com. Please leave us a review and be sure to tune in next time.